You may know that a lot of nature's most amazing animal adaptations are developed in the bitter fight against winter. When Earth tilts away from the warmth of the sun towards the chill of space, animals have to be prepared. When there's no food to be found for months at a time, you've got to stock up. But one bird braves the cold with a hundred acre pantry. But preparation may be a matter of life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you. And I'm Joe. I am Carlos. Happy New Year, everyone. And today we're talking about a bird with a knack to crack snacks and pack snacks to prep for when Jack Frost comes back. <laughs> but more on that later. <laughs> Man, you wish it was Frost was rhymed with Jack. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did wish that. Jack, I don't know what he would be. This definitely should have been our Christmas animal. It would have, yeah. It would have been a better one for the than the uh, the rattlesnake for sure. Yeah, we should have swapped those. Nutcracker. Oh, we're gonna play the Nutcracker theme. We haven't. We said might what it have is. done that. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't said what it is. It's the Clark's Nutcracker. The Clark's Nutcracker. You still may not know what animal that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I wonder if, like, just by that, you could figure out what it is. Uh, speaking of what it is, do you have any names for it? Like well, a whole well, cornucopia of names, well, both given to you, given to it by you, and also I've got tons of names. And let's start with science. Let's names? start with the ones that um, people. Other sciencemen. This say. is a great opportunity for what, like, the original idea for going through the taxonomy. See if you can guess what it is as early as possible. You don't know what it is based on the name, unless you've heard of it before. As soon as I get to the class, everyone's gonna know what it is. Well, see if you can get it before the class. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an right. animal. <laughs> it's called the Clark's Nutcracker. Uh huh. And here's a hint: the kingdom is Animalia. <laughs> <laughs> Because you like it, you love it, and you're in it. The phylum is Chordata. Uh-huh. All right. So All right. it's not a uh, spineless, wriggling morsel at the bottom of the sea. Right. It would be tough to be a nutcracker down there. Yes. Yeah. You know, seeds don't really make it down there. Um, so here's here's the here's the clincher. The class is Aves. Still don't know? Let's keep going. <laughs> the order... We've been here before. Passeriformes. Passeriformes. Crowsman. Crowsman. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, I think it's the largest order of birds. Yeah. Um, and the bowerbird is a passeriform. Mm-hmm. They all have this similar shape. Yeah, they all a look like crows. shape yeah. or a J shape. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the letter J. <laughs> shape of a J. So the family is Corvidae. Okay. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the genus is Nucifraga. Sounds evil. Sounds mythical. Yeah. Um, and the species is Columbiana. So Nucifraga Columbiana is the Clark's nutcracker, a.k.a. from other sciencemen, other than myself, you know, uh, <laughs> the Clark's crow uh-huh. and the woodpecker crow. Nice. It does not look that much like a woodpecker because woodpeckers have a... No, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. I'm thinking of that crest, that J crest. Yeah. I think some woodpeckers have it and some don't. It does have a, a spiky beak, so yes. that must be why. Um, but we will call it um, the Christmas tree seagull. <laughs> okay. A, a nut to remember. 
<laughs> and uh, the squirrely bird gets the worm. <laughs> Why is it squirrely? Because. Oh, it more likes on, nuts. More on that later. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now you have a good idea of what everyone calls this thing. By the way, it's named after the explorer William Clark. You may know him from uh, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in the military. And he was something called an Indian agent, which is people cleared by the US military to interact with Native Americans. Interesting. Also, he was from Lewis and Clark Expeditions. He's the Clark in the Lewis and Clark Expeditions. Is he really? Yes, I thought you were being coy. I was not being coy. <laughs> I just like I just saw the, the that it was named after William Clark the Explorer, and I'm like, oh, it's probably some British like no, 17th it's an American century. Explorer. <laughs> oh, it's the Clark from Lewis and Clark. Well, yeah, that's so endearing, except for the fact that you know they were racist. <laughs> were they? Well, they probably they, they lived back then. They brought a slave with them across the country. Was it a slave? Yeah. Well, he was a, he was a slave before, and then he kind of like Who? worked. The the slave that they brought with them. Oh, I thought you were talking about this, uh, Lewis and Clark brought a slave Sacagawea. No, yeah, they also had Sacagawea to actually help them get across. But they had a person that was their, their labor person was uh, was a slave, and when they got back, he was he was sold back into slavery. <laughs> no way! Yeah. You went halfway across the country. Oh my gosh! They, they didn't bond at all. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yo, that's rude. Sorry, that's low. Sorry to ruin the Lewis and Clark <laughs> expedition for everyone, but if in case we haven't uh, spoiled it already, uh, these guys live in the United States, specifically the Western U.S. and Canada, kind of like this strip that includes a little bit of California, um, but mostly like New Mexico, all the way up to British Columbia, Vancouver area, um, and they mostly like conifer forests. So like. Same. Christmas trees. Yep. Is that your favorite tree? Uh, no. A conifer? I don't think so. No? I feel like my Floridianness needs needs me to pick a palm or something. Really? I like the the ficus, but whatever. We're not, this, this isn't a plant podcast. <laughs> I always go for a good oak, too. <laughs> okay. It's hard to climb oaks. Ficuses are easy to climb to that's get away true. from the zombies. Strangler fig. That's a good one. Yeah. That's horrifying. <laughs> the plant world is, is pretty brutal, too, just like the insect world. Yeah, well. All right, so um, Western United States is where these guys live. Um, so you're asking me, Carlos, what does this look like? You said crow earlier, but I'm just picturing this black bird with a kind of a spiky beak. Well, you're close. Mm-hmm. Just change the color to gray. Yeah, put a different coat on. Yeah, uh, and, and the wings remain black. The beak is black. Um, and It's kind of like a... It's like a new, like a, a fun new skin on a on a mockingbird. <laughs> Same color scheme. It's like the um, the Miles Morales version of a mockingbird. <laughs> oh, that's the Spider Man guy. <laughs> that's yeah. a different Spider Man. <laughs> it's it's a mockingbird from a different dimension. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's just just growing into his feathers. So, is it as big as a crow? Who can who can say? Who could say? Who knows? Let's move on. Um, uh, actually, the, I have something to say about that. <sighs> and uh, that brings us to the listener's favorite part of the show. Measure Up, as brought to you by you, the listener. If you would like to introduce the show, send us you saying, speaking, singing, yelling, chittering, chittering the words Measure Up into your 
cell phone recorder and then just email it to us. LDTaxonomy at gmail.com. That's right. Today is uh, brought to uh, you by a special person. My mom. Thanks, that, mom. That's right. <laughs> uh, take it away, Carlos's mom. One, two, three. Measure up. Excellent. That was nice. That was that was very matronly. It reminded me of of home. <laughs> uh, I don't know what matronly means. Does that mean momly? Momishly? Momishness. Momish? Very momish. Turn off the lights. We're momish in here. <laughs> Get the horse and buggy. Everyone's momish. <laughs> I feel momish. How about you? <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we don't start. we don't reference Zabumafu enough on this show. <laughs> That's true. Uh, here we go. Length. They are about one, uh, ten point six to eleven point eight inches, or seven point or seven twenty seven to thirty centimeters. Let's call that an an even eleven inches. How many Clark's Nutcrackers go into the height of the world's tallest Nutcracker in Roseburg, Oregon? Hmm. The world's tallest nutcracker is probably a sight to behold. It is, but here, here's a here's a hint: the Oregon Nutcracker does not hold the world record uh, because it's not fully functional. Oh. So technically, it's the biggest statue in the shape of a nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the biggest one, the largest one, is in Neuhausen, Germany, and as it's it should be, about ten meters tall or thirty three feet. Oh, okay. That's that's a very good hint. Yeah. 33 feet is the tallest functional nutcracker. Yes. This one is probably bigger than that. Probably. Um, so let's let's cap it at a good 45 feet. Okay. That sounds that sounds like a good good healthy size for the world's biggest statue of a nutcracker. <clears throat> you said these things go from something to 11 inches? Uh let's call it just 11 inches. Let's call it 11 inches. So that would make it, what, 41 of them, I think. Nope, nope. We'll say 42. 42 Clark's Nutcrackers lengths go into this giant statue of a Nutcracker in Oregon. The Roseburg, Oregon Nutcracker is 41 feet tall. So you are two birds off. It's 44.7 birds. You said 42, right? Yeah. Wait, how, how... tall is it you said how tall is the nutcracker 41 feet 41 feet and it's oh yeah i did the math the other way <laughs> i put fewer birds i should have put more because it's an inch shorter than a foot anyway i was close still close that was a good one um right. so let's move on to weight 30 3.7 to 5.7 ounces pretty light birds as birds are wont to be uh, or 106 to 161 grams. Man, what fraction of a pound is that? Uh, it's about four ounces. We'll call it about four ounces. Four ounces is one f- a quarter of a pound. Okay. How many nutcrackers go into a teaspoon of neutron star material? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, you got a neutron star. It's like... It's and like you one... scoop out a little teaspoon <laughs> of it. How much? How much would that weigh? That's what Mjolnir's in... made out of. <laughs> uh, so a neutron star is a, here's the hint. A neutron star is about one point four times the mass of the sun, but it's only 
about 18 miles across. To escape the gravitational pull of a neutron star, you'd have to go about 0.4 times the speed of light. So incredibly, incredibly dense material. Yes. That probably, if you held the teaspoon at the end, it would not be able to, your teaspoon would break. Unless it was Mjolnir <laughs> teaspoon style. Unless the teaspoon was made out of Forged neutron Forged by the dwarf, Dinkle, Dinkle, Dinkle Dwarf. Dinkle <laughs> Um... Well, we just ruined that surprise in some movie. Maybe. In, in some movie about Mjolnir. <laughs> <clears throat> wow. I have no conception for how, uh, no concept for the for the density and weight of neutron star Well, material. do you know the mass of our sun? Just uh, times that by 1.4. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then reduce that to a fraction of it that would fit in a teaspoon. <laughs> um. A teaspoon. You know the size and weight of it. You you gave me all of the tools I need. Including the teaspoon? (laughs) Not including the teaspoon. Okay. Like when you say like a teaspoon of sugar. It's just the sugar. It's just the sugar. sugar. Got it. Yeah. It's in an amount. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 150 pounds. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Your reaction doesn't, doesn't give me much hope. 150 pounds is how much is in a teaspoon? Yeah, so a little like, you know, inch by half an inch by half an inch, I guess, or quarter of an inch, uh, you know, little rectangle of this stuff that would fit on a teaspoon. Yeah. I mean, it's super dense. 150 pounds. That'd be like, like that's way heavier than I could even imagine something that big being. So you, what do you have to do times that? Or divide that by four. How many birds go into it? Oh, sorry. I'm. Oh, you're getting. I'm, there. I'm, I'm just. I'm justifying you're my guess. Okay. I'm justifying my guess. So then the Sherlock and drop it. <laughs> uh, so the answer is going to be six hundred. Six hundred birds. Six hundred birds. This is the wrongest you've ever been. Is it really? It's eighty billion. <laughs> eighty billion birds go into the weight of a. Teaspoons worth of neutron star. Oh my god! <laughs> how much is how much is a teaspoon of neutron star weigh? I did not look that up. Well, it's it, well. I can I actually I, mean I, I did. I must have. I can tell you, it's it's um. I didn't write it down. Three hundred twenty billion. Yes. No. 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 It's twenty billion pounds. Yes. Because twenty billion times four is yeah, eighty yeah, billion. Yeah, yeah. Is 80 billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it being a nice, cool, and even number. Twenty billion pounds in a <laughs> teaspoon of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. It's a it's a real little star. That's with why a no lot one, of star in it. That's why no one can pick up Mjolnir because it's not just that it's magically rooted to the ground. It's that it's actually like billions and billions and billions of pounds. So you see, kids, it's not about how big you are. It's about how worthy. It's you about are. how dense you are. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is the wrongest I've ever been. I thought I, I was like, I, I don't think I could be wronger than the mongoose cloud situation. Although but... no, it isn't though, because remember when it's not the wrongest you've ever been technically, because when we were dealing with like what was it, sextillions, and you were just like a couple sextillions off, it's still the wrongest <laughs> you've ever been. <laughs> I don't. No, I, I I wasn't a couple sextillions off. I was on the um. I had the right number of digits. Yeah, but I think I was like really close. But if you if you're like fourteen, it was like ten to the twenty fourth, and I, and the answer was fifteen sextillion. You're still a sextillion off. I guess, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that I still think that that was fun. that was a win. <laughs> that was still a win. At least my math was right. Uh, but yeah, that's it. All right. This is it's too early in the day for me to like <laughs> for to, to be calculating ex- neutron exercise, stars. Exercise my brain astronomy muscles. Oh, one day I'm gonna do the whole neutron star. It's gonna be beautiful. <laughs> well, now I have a reference. That's true. You could just times that by 18 miles, 18 miles, 18 miles, 18 miles. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can we talk about something else? Sure. All right. Let's talk about um, its nesting behavior. Okay. So we're back to the Clark's Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. We've always been talking. Re- remember the Clark's Nutcracker? Remember that little crow bird that we were talking about? <laughs> no, you mean the thing that 80 billion the, of it is the weight of an <laughs> 80 billion neutron so star and a <laughs> teaspoon? Ugh, gross. <laughs> um, it likes to build nests in conifer trees. Because that's where it lives. Okay. So naturally, that's where it would build nests. Uh, they lay about two to four eggs, and um, they're good parents. They they hang out with the eggs for the entire incubation. Unlike ducks, unlike those Muscovy ducks that live nearby, they just waddle off and leave their 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 eggs to be eaten by raccoons. These they guys, do to 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 feed and eat, but don't forget they have their little babies following them until they're grown. No, they're, no, they're they're they leave their their egg nests all the time. These yeah, guys, they also rudely prank their children by walking over like sewage <laughs> grates. <laughs> I these kids don't know what's gonna hit them. Bibby and I and her her mom and dad out after church one day spent like two and a half hours trying to get ducklings out of one of those sewage grates for a couple months. Like in the summer, uh, the dodo, the like the website, the dodo. Like fifty percent of their videos were people getting people getting ducks out of storm drains. That was one of the most complicated things that we've ever done as a family. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so it takes about six to eighteen days for these eggs to hatch, and then they become fledglings, and they follow their parents around for months. Um, after being fledged, which means they can fly, um, so that they can learn. Some things we're going to talk about a little bit later, because mm-hmm. um, their behavior is not like the average bird. bear. No, for sure not it, the bear. Definitely not like the but average also bear. Not the bird. Yeah, um, the the birds and the bears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so these guys like to eat seeds, as we talked about seeds and nuts. Um, that's the primary source of food, but they also like to eat fruit, insects, berries, carrion, which mm. means they like to eat. Well, dead. they'll eat it if it's there. Dead they'll things. Eat, they'll eat yeah. dead things. Um, and small mammals. And uh, they'll often eat your food if you're camping. So oh. they're, they're uh, camp robbers. Interesting. Uh, a science woman uh, that was studying these birds used, like, honeycomb to attract them. It sounds like they're pretty omnivorous. Yeah. Like they just like anything that they, they can get their, their paws on. But that's all I got for the general info. Their paws. <laughs> Feet. Bert, how, are those, yeah. how are those not paws? Claws. But the claws are the actual, like, talon things, right? But you, you eat, like, chicken feet. You sell sell and eat. Yeah, you don't ch- it's called chicken paws. I wonder what the difference is. A paw seems, like, heftier to me. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Let's, let's, are you ready to hear the majorist of facts? This is the majors effects. No, but it oh. in this episode. Okay, got 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 you. All right, because you made that that uh, superlative with the monarch butterfly. Yeah, I was a little blown away by that. 
Uh, here we go. The Clark's Nutcracker's primary food source is the best part of a fancy salad, a.k.a. AKA pine seeds. Have you eaten pine seeds? Is it? What's pine nuts? What are those little pine... Like, they call them pine seeds or pine nuts that go in a fancy salad, and they're, like, sweet. You are asking the wrong person <laughs> about what goes into fancy salads. <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't realize that was your chief knowledge gap. <laughs> yeah, I know most things about most things. That and I, neutron stars. I, except... <laughs> I knew what a neutron star was. Yeah. Just, I, that's about that's it. That's farther as it, than a lot of people. That's about as far as it went. That's farther than the average person. Um, Definitely your average bear. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what regular stars are. Uh, the, uh, the bird lives in colder regions and uh, like... Ever, like every northern North American animal, really setting myself up to fail here. Northern North American animal. <laughs> it has to prepare for winter. Uh, so I guess it's not unlike a bear in that it prepares for winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, to prepare, Clark scours pine forests, picking pine seeds out of their cones. Just nice. reaching right in there with their beaks. That's why their long, slender beaks are helpful. Um, but I feel like a lot of birds can do that. It's not very like you know interesting. Actually, uh, their long, slender beaks and the fact they're like they're just ec- they're excellent for this particular purpose, plucking seeds out, and they also like stab into them, it's not unlike a woodpecker. So that may be maybe why they got their name, woodpecker crow. Yeah. Uh, so they will eat a few and hide the rest. They will hide literally thousands of nuts in the ground and inside holes in trees. Wow. Every year. In fact, it's estimated that each bird hides around 100,000 seeds every year. That's why the squirrely bird gets the worm. <laughs> 100,000 seeds is a lot. That is a lot. It would take me a long time to do that. Even if I had, like, if I had a 100,000 seeds in front of me. To, to move them from one place to the place next to it, it would take a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It would take me all day. To, to scoop them up and to just place them into, like, buckets would take forever. But it also, it can't be, so each cache is um, about 1 to 15, usually about 4 to 5. So that would take even longer. I have to separate them into about 4 to 5. 4 to 5 seeds? Per pile, yeah. And there's 100,000 of them. Yes. And Some have one. They will go to a location, put one seed in the ground. And then go get 100,000 more. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like at least, what, like 20,000 locations? Yeah. I mean, if there's only four to five. So I bet you some have more than five, probably. It helps to be able to fly. Yeah, but there are also other nutcrackers out there. That's true. That are that are just like, hey, look, this is my stash now. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder how many seeds are in a pine cone. Should have looked that up. How big are these seeds? Are they- Small. Small. Oh, I was picturing like tiny, like sunflower seed things. They're a little, probably a little bit bigger than that. Instead of maybe. But I've them. seen them pictures of them hiding like large nuts. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but they return to these caches throughout the winter to feed. Um, but how do they remember and find all of the thousands of seeds they bury? That's my question. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they leave behind a lot. <laughs> And those seeds sprout new uh, saplings. Huh. Uh, So it's like the circle of life, death, and taxonomy. It it is like that. So here's where the fact gets major. Um, 
Clark is the key distributor for, distributor for many of these pine trees that it likes to feed on. Um, one tree in particular, the white white bark pine, uh, is the Clark's favorite food, and the bird is that pine's primary seed distributor. Like, if it wants to get its seeds out there, if it wants to like do some seed marketing, it it needs this bird. It's like uh, Google. <laughs> They're like the Google of <laughs> of this seed distribution. It is. Well, it's like you know, it's like birds and fl- or bees and flowers and stuff. Yeah, it's exactly like that. So the white bark pine cone doesn't open on its own. Now we're talking Jay Z. <laughs> I didn't know we were before. Uh, <laughs> Blue Jay Z. Ah, um, we did it. We did it. We made the best joke. So that's done. That, that'll be all uh, for you out there in podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's more. The most efficient way to open a white bark pine cone seems to be with a Clark's Nutcracker beak. Um, not with a hammer. No, <laughs> you're just gonna crush the sh- crush crush the seeds and they'll spill all over the place. Gotcha. That'd be the worst. Uh, so the tree and the bird depend on each other so much they have developed something called mutualism, which is a type of symbiosis that benefits both organisms. Um, in this case, uh, tree, the tree keeps its cones closed so that other animals don't clean it out. And the bird essentially has the key to the treasure trove uh, that most other animals can't get to. Interesting. I'm sure a, uh, an intrepid... Raccoon could get it. Raccoon could figure it out, but this is... Or a monkey, if there were such you, things. You know, you know those th- that classic... North American North monkey. North American monkey. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian monkey, of course. <laughs> we've got uh, monkeys in Ocala. That's true. But we've got everything in Ocala. Do we? By, in South Florida, just, it's just a rife with invasive, invasive species. species. Because yeah. it's great. Like, invasive species like... Uh, the python, the snakehead, New Yorkers. Yeah, people from Quebec. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so in recent years, a population explosion of white or of pine beetles um, have killed a lot of white bark pines, which may threaten the bird. Researchers have been studying this phenomenon. If you'd like to learn more about this bird and this tree, there will be a link. Uh, on the Clark's Nutcracker page on LDTaxonomy.com uh, of a Cornell researcher named Taza Shamming. Taza Al Ghul. Uh, that believes that the Clark's Nutcracker may be the key to bringing the trees back. So I watched a video of her like putting tiny little adorable backpacks with radio signals on these birds. That's pretty great. <laughs> as long as they're backpacks and not like drilled into them or something like that. Yeah, it's a little backpack. Um, but the bird did not want it and was biting the crap out of her <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. What kind of bird doesn't want a nice backpack? <laughs> I don't think if I'm if I'm built for like speed, agility, and flight, you don't want a burden. I don't want a burden. <laughs> oh. I walked right into that one. You made that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? That's it. All right. So like the cro- the. Clark's Nutcracker depends on the um, that tree, and the tree depends on the on the bird. Yep, on the burby. Well, for you out there in Podcastia, plan ahead for winter. 
Store as many seeds as you can. I guess 100,000 would be a lot. <laughs> and always remember to crack on like the Clark's Nutcracker in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. We may be a week late talking about nutcrackers, but it's never too late for interesting animal info. And it's not too late to give your old pals at LDT a little belated Christmas gift in the form of an iTunes review. We also want to thank recent listeners like Josiah, who have sent in some animal suggestions. Uh, Suggestions really help pad out the schedule and let us know what you want to learn about. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Gmail. We are LD Taxonomy on all of those platforms. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> what ended up happening was I I like texted my mom, and she was with. Um, she and my dad and my uh, were with my um, dad's brother, wife, and and son. So there was a bunch of people in the house, and I had left and I forgot to get the um, the measure ups from them. So I was like, "Hey, could you just say measure up into like the recording software and just text it to me? Um, if I could just get one per person, that's fine." I get seventeen from these four people. <laughs> <laughs>